0: It's the Class Teaching Podcast, with James James Crane. Welcome to the Class Teaching Podcast, the Durrington Research School podcast. It aims to explore educational research and provide insights into how being an evidence-informed practitioner can support teaching and learning. Educational research does not provide a silver bullet but coupled with teacher expertise, it can provide us with tried and tested approaches that the evidence suggests may lead to promising outcomes. In each episode, we will draw upon the experience of a teacher with particular expertise in the area we are looking at. Durrington High School is a large coastal secondary comprehensive school based in West Sussex and has been designated a research school by the Education Endowment Foundation. You can follow us on Twitter at Durring Research. The purpose of this podcast is to help busy teachers like you connect with the latest thinking around ideas in teaching in an accessible and easy format. We realise there is a wealth of, of blogs being published every week. The class teaching podcast will start with me reading a blog and then spending some time with the author unpicking their thinking. This way you can listen on the drive to work or while walking the dog rather than having to find the time to sit down in front of your screen during a busy day. Disciplinary Reading in Real Life by Fran Haynes. Disciplinary literacy, particularly as a strategy for secondary schools, is justifiably advocated by the EEF as a priority for the curriculum. However, it is sometimes tricky to negotiate the theoretical aims of this approach with the messy real life of the classroom. The underlying principle of disciplinary literacy is that members of different disciplines read, write and talk in different ways and this directly impacts understanding of the subjects within those very disciplines. As teachers, we need to explicitly teach these literacy practices to all students so that they too can gain that understanding and are able to engage with the different disciplinary communities. Perhaps the greatest element of disciplinary literacy is its crucial focus on subject specificity. This means that the approach draws away from the traditionally limited understanding of literacy that has been prevalent in schools for years i.e. that is something about apostrophes and fronted adverbials that pupils are taught in primary schools and then get reminded about occasionally in key stage 3 and key stage 4 English. Yet this subject's precision can be double-edged sword. Whilst on one hand it makes literacy a relevance and requisite for every subject, which is of course a great thing. On the other hand, insisting that every subject uses symbols to mark for capital letters and full stops is a whole lot easier to explain and to monitor. This divergence between lofty ideals and practice is often a challenge to the implementation of any evidence-supported strategy, but it seems to be a very steep mountain to climb in the case disciplinary literacy. A possible way forward might lie with Doug Lemov's micro-rules for reading. In short, Lemov reminds us that when experienced readers read, they tacitly apply and appreciate rules that help them to understand the text. For example, when reading a science text, readers use used to the discipline know that the text will use finite verbs in the present tense. Furthermore experienced readers of scientific texts will know that this grammatical form is used because science in general is interested in ongoing situations. An active example of this can be found in a recent online edition of the New Scientist. Humans aren't the only animals to cut the um umbilical cord. Cats and dogs bite through them when their offspring are born. Whilst it is unlikely that all scientists understand the ins and outs of finite verb uses. What this example does demonstrate is how understanding the literacy practices of micro rules of a discipline, i.e. that scientists use verbs in the present tense, is a fundamental part of understanding the discipline itself. Lamov argues that making these micro rules explicit is, is critical to effective reading instruction. Inevitably, as the rules differ across the different disciplinary texts, teachers in the different subjects would have to identify and teach unique sets of micro-rules. While this is by no means easy, it is eminently possible. In this way, a whole-school approach to literacy can be implemented that still enables subject specificity to be at its core. How might this look? At Durrington, we are currently in the early stages of implementing this tight-but-loose whole-school literacy strategy, specifically with a focus on disciplinary reading. It is the next step following our work on explicit vocabulary instruction. The outline of the plan, point one, curriculum leaders have all chosen one authentic disciplinary text they're going to read with Key Stage 3 students as part of a unit in 2021-2022 year. This is a text that will support and deepen the students' understanding of a topic that is already part of the curriculum. Within their teams, curriculum leaders will conduct a read aloud at one of their calendared fortnightly subject planning and development sessions. The read aloud will be an opportunity for the subject teams to read the selected disciplinary text and collaboratively identify and agree the micro rules that are applying as they read. Next, the curriculum teams will plan lessons where these micro rules for reading about their subject are explicitly taught and modelled to students. After reflection, evaluation and no doubt some tweaking, The curriculum teams will look for other points in their curriculum where students can be given the opportunity to read authentic disciplinary text and practise applying the micro rules. Our fantastic Durrington Art and Design department is leading the way with disciplinary reading and have started working on identifying what might be their micro rules for how to read in art and design. Here is a snippet of their work so far, still in the early planning stages. Guide for how to read in art and design. Number one, consider the era or timeline of art to pinpoint when the work was created. Point two, consider the text, where and who, political and society influences at the time. Micro Rule one, generic numbers. Three, what is it, where is it? Sculpture, painting, textiles, mixed media, ceramics, glass, etc. Inside galleries or outdoors. Point four, what materials and techniques have been used? Printing, scratching, dipping paint, etc. Look out for visual descriptions of formal qualities, line, form, shape, texture, etc. Point five, in the text look out for the themes or meanings of the piece to give you a deeper understanding. Point six, try and link to your own experiences. And point seven, consider how these ideas or concepts could influence your own work. Whilst there is still a great deal of thinking and planning to take place in terms of disciplinary literacy at Durrington, We feel confident that we are beginning to create a literacy culture that is neither a dark tangle of nettles nor a regimented flower bed, but rather a colourful meadow meadow, where each subject can flourish in its own way. So I'm joined now by Fran Haynes, who's the assistant director of the research school uh, and assistant head teacher here at Durrington High School. So thank you for joining me, Fran. Um, I just thought I'd start with, as we do um, with most of the blogs, is sort of why this uh, topic and and why now? Why is it so relevant?
1: Um, Well, uh, disciplinary literacy overall um, is relevant because literacy is relevant all the time. But I would argue that it is um, an increasing consideration for school leaders at the moment and teachers because of the partial closures due to COVID-19. And we know the emerging evidence, which isn't very robust yet, is indicating that literacy gaps are going to be the most significant perhaps in terms of the challenges that students and teachers face when they come back to school so we're looking at durrington at least at what we can do to help mitigate this Um, with our year sevens that are coming in from year six but also with our other year groups that have had significant time out of the classroom where a lot of literacy skills are developed.
0: Yeah, brilliant. Thank you for that. Um obviously it's a it's a topic that you've gone through in the in the blog talking about disciplinary literacy. And um, I just thought it'd be relevant to sort of you to unpick what disciplinary reading actually is, because I know there's some misconceptions around.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, so disciplinary literacy is about um, the the idea that in different disciplines or different subjects for us at school really, you read, write, talk, and therefore and communicate in different ways. And because you do those things in different ways, um, actually, the, the knowledge that you produce is produced in different ways as well. It's, and the way that you understand knowledge is different as well. So it's really quite abstract and quite sophisticated. But it's about being um, clear that the way a historian reads a text or writes a text or speaks will be different, will incorporate different literacy practices to the way a scientist or a mathematician does. And because they read and write and talk in different ways, the way they think is different, and therefore the way they understand the concept within their subjects is different. And so disciplinary literacy in school is about making that explicit to students um, in a way that means that they can become members of that discipline or that subject so they can learn to read and write and think like a historian or like a scientist or like a mathematician so it's you know relatively easy yeah Um.
0: <laughs> obviously we're talking about it from a secondary point of view do you think obviously stu- children need to be able to learn to read and write prior to this is is it sort of a you learn to read and write in primary school and then you develop into the discipline side so of secondary or is there a sort of a
1: well the uh, evidence sort of a, um... the evidence has said that disciplinary literacy is really important for secondary schools because um, the literacy that you're sort of be and confronting students are confronting that is specialized. But I would argue as well, and I'm not a primary school teacher, but I would argue that it is important in primary schools because they read and write different types of texts as well. So um, what we're talking about is a move away from just teaching what we call content literacy, which is general literacy skills, to teaching um, disciplinary literacy skills, which is, right, how does that work if we're looking at this type of text? And I think that's probably just a relevant in primary mm. schools when they study their different units as it is in um, secondary, actually. Mm. Yeah. Uh,
0: probably more of a challenge as well for the primary teacher, because obviously when you come into secondary, your specialism is in mm. that discipline. Whereas a primary teacher, you tend to teach. All yeah, the
1: absolutely. Yeah, and you know, it's about sort of um, unpicking what you do, and you do that most successfully with uh, sort of your colleagues around you. Yeah, so I imagine it is, but I think it's probably relevant to both. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, yeah great. And um, so that's obviously ironing out what disciplinary disciplinary reading is. What would you sort of say the common misconceptions are, or the when it's not done terribly well?
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that a lot of people might think that disciplinary reading, in particular. Um, is a bolt-on. So for example, um, I've got to do disciplinary reading, so I've got to find an article and I've got to find a lesson somewhere in term three where we read an article about something to do with my subject. Um, But it's not that at all. So I kind of think that the useful way to think about it is that it's reading, it's not reading about your subject, it's reading in your subject. So how do we read in this subject? So I think disciplinary reading will work best um, when it's used to support what's already in your curriculum as literacy does, you know, not as this add-on that needs to be sort of shoehorned in, but seen as, you know, your subject knowledge is the content of your subject, plus the literacy that you use to communicate that content. And it's those two together that create subject knowledge and they should have sort of equal parity. But the misconception is that um, disciplinary reading is something separate that's not part of the content.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and what would you say, obviously, alongside that, that the other challenges are when it comes to.
1: Um, the I think that disciplinary literacy and reading is a really abstract, theoretical idea, and I know that I found it really hard to actually make it into concrete examples of what you can do in classrooms. Which actually, at the end of the day, is what all teachers want. To be able to know okay so what do I do in the classroom and I think lots of the research around it is quite abstract still sort of not sort of yet been in the classroom for a long time so people are still developing strategies about how to actually do this in the busy world of the classroom I think another challenge also is people finding the texts yeah because to do disciplinary reading you have to read genuine texts So not texts that have been adapted for schools. So they're really important textbooks and resources and worksheets that teachers make. Absolutely really important. And I don't think anyone would argue you should never use those because they absolutely serve a purpose and they serve it really well. But... If you're going to um, support students with disciplinary reading, they need to be reading genuine text from the discipline. So, you know, um, a text from um, a scientific journal or a historical source or something like that. And I think because they're often challenging, that can be quite daunting for teachers to think, how are we going to make this part of what we do?
0: So what would you say if you're in a subject area that's, that's listening now and thinking, oh, this is something that I definitely need to think about. Where would you say the best place to sort of startle in terms of the whole process of trying to embed it
1: well okay so what we've done here is the best place i think it's start looking at your curriculum that already exists and identify somewhere in there just a tiny bit like one unit in one year group to start with where you think okay there's probably some interesting reading we could do around that you know um and then start looking for a text so it could be um an academic journal but you know, you might be teaching Year Seven, so it could be something like um, our art department have used Guardian reviews okay. for art. You know, it could be from a sports magazine for PE about the social side of sport. You know more about that. Yeah, than yeah, me. the sociology. The you know, um, computing. There's loads of computing magazines that give really interesting real life stories about how programming is used so i know that they've found a real life example that's connected to the programs that they're teaching students at the moment so it's about you know often as teachers we read about our subject anyway because we're really passionate about it so i'd say start off by thinking about well, what do i read about my subject what do i really enjoy reading and then thinking about are there any texts in there that would support the curriculum and also bearing in mind that you don't Often we say you should read whole text and you should, but with this, extracts are fine, you know. So um, an article from New Scientist for the whole thing or National Geographic for geography might be really, really, really too too much. But a bit of it, not doctored, just taken a bit out, might work really well. Yeah.
0: then once you've got that the process thereafter sort of you've Mm. decided on it this is the text you're going to use yeah so
1: i mean what from what i've read the best thing to do so what you've got to do first of all is sort of train your teachers so you've got to and it's really difficult is read the text and unpick how am i reading this so as a Um, computer programmer, an expert in computer programming. How am I reading this article? What am I bringing into it? What lens am I looking through? Because as readers, we all sort of apply um, tacitly these rules. You know, we apply these rules and we understand how they work. It's what Doug Lamov talks about, these micro rules of reading. And there's different rules for different subjects. And so the the next step, I would say, is getting together as a department, reading the text that you want, um, and unveiling those rules you yeah. know, as a geographer what are we doing when we read this you know are we questioning it are we accepting it as fact um what knowledge am i bringing to it what am i expecting to gain from it at the end when i read numbers what am i doing with them when i read images oh that's another important point to go off a bit like it's not just about written text and um, you know mathematicians and scientists read images formulae as well so that's a misconception is that people think it just has to be a written text but not at all reading is about reading anything on that's, that's printed yeah okay um so as a department sorry went off <laughs> um reading your text and kind of trying to make explicit what's implicit which is really hard to do it's kind of a meta reading and i did this recently with our brilliant geography department and um, it's been interesting hearing them because they read a text about um, a refugee camp, I think it was, and they were reading it and saying, "Oh, you know, we don't trust this because we know that this da 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 da." And I thought, as an English teacher, I was thinking, "That's really interesting." So I, I implicitly trust it, you know. And they were reading. We discovered to. Um, to find challenges. They were expecting to find challenges to their beliefs as they read. But I wasn't, I was reading it expecting to be told something and expand my knowledge. So it was really useful to have a non-subject specialist in that reading to help them realize what they were doing.
0: And that will then help with that process of anything that imp- appears implicit to you. Yeah. You will need to explicitly So I like, well, I'm not doing
1: that. Mm-hmm. You're just doing that. And then they sort of came up with, they're coming up an art on this as well with an almost a tick list or checklist of, this is how we read in our subject. So in art, it's like, when we start reading about a piece, we have got the artistic timeline in our heads. So we know where this piece fits in, in the history. When we're reading it, we do this. So they've made a um, checklist. In student-friendly language of the rules that they apply as artists and designers when they're reading and then they're going to give students the text and they're going to give them those rules and scaffold the reading with them and go for it and say so as you're reading it you should be thinking about this when you come across that this is what you do and so on
0: oh, so as with anything there's a there's a huge element there of the, the metacognitive side of it as well
1: yeah it's really yeah. metacognitive really metacognitive and um, you know if you the evidence suggests that you should teach reading and writing at the same time and every subject especially at secondary has to have students write so if you teach reading students can become better writers and students can become better readers through teaching writing so once you've got those tick lists and they've read an article they can also use that tick list metacognitively to do their own piece of writing within that subject oh good yes
0: and it obviously ties with the idea of developing independence as well yeah
1: and you know it's important because it's about becoming part of the community of that subject but you know we do have to get exam results as well so it's going to help with exam results because there's not a subject where they don't have to do a bit of writing
0: oh brilliant well as ever that's a really useful process to think about and certainly something that i need to think about in my department so thank you very much for your time friend thanks a lot thank you thank you for listening to the class teaching podcast by durrington research school It's the Class Teaching Podcast
1: with With James Crane.